of St. Mark, the evangelist. Uh, he accompanied St. Paul on his first missionary journey and was quite close to Paul, obviously, and as we hear in this reading as well, uh, St. Peter calls him my son. So they had a very close relationship as well. So, so St. Mark is very close to both St. Peter and St. Paul, these key figures, these columns of the early church. But interestingly, when you read the biographies of, of St. Mark, he never met the Lord. He never met Jesus. He's not one of the, the 12 apostles. Right, so Luke and Mark aren't the, amongst, numbered amongst the apostles. So you have someone who wrote one of the four Gospels who never actually met the Lord. I find that, that staggering, actually. I, 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 it's one of those things that maybe you've never noticed. Or, but just as I was reading about his life again today, I thought, wow, he actually he wrote so much about the Lord but never actually met him. During our priest retreat, the priest leading the, 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 the retreat asked us a question at the beginning. He said, if, we, if you were to lose all else, if you were to lose everything except the Lord, would he be enough for you? And you know, it's one of those questions that we, we all know what the answer is supposed to be. We all know what the right answer is. You know? So um, if you were to lose all else except the Lord, would he be enough? Yes, of course he would. So you'd, you'd be okay losing your health? No, no. No, the Lord and my health. Okay, so you'd be okay with losing maybe all of your wealth? Oh, no. No, no, if we can have the Lord and my health and my wealth, that would be great. Um, what about losing your fame, your good name? What about losing career opportunities? What about even just a, a, an accident that, that might disfigure you in some way? What about standing up in public for the Lord? Maybe even all those kind of dramatic things aside. What about even standing up in public in, in a very subtle way or maybe not in a very non-aggressive kind of way uh, as being pro-life or pro-Catholic or pro-God, even as broadly speaking as that? And the, the effect that that might have on your popularity on Facebook or social media? What about being a politician and standing up for... Uh, traditional family values, whatever it may be. like The big things, the dramatic things, would, be, would we be willing to give those up and have Christ suffice? Maybe not, but even the small things. Jenny, what would, be, what would we be willing to give up for Christ? Do you know what I mean? As I say, like the, the big thing, we should be, we should be, and it should be almost, I wouldn't say easy, even with a certain reticence, I think if we really love the Lord, we should be able to, to say, Lord, I want to love you more than everything, more than everyone, more than myself, more than my own very life. And I want to put you in the number one position now and always. And I know that's why, where I should be. Lord, I don't think I'm there yet. Help me. Help me. Help me to get there. Help me to believe that. Help me to believe that you are actually enough, that you fulfill all my desires. It's Psalm 15. It's, it's such a beautiful psalm that we read regularly in the, the, the breviary. 
But it says, Preserve me, O God, I take refuge in you. I say to the Lord, you are my God. My happiness lies in you alone. My happiness lies in you alone. And that's a, that's a sound that I, I've been praying personally a lot myself. Whenever, whenever um, difficulties have come into my mind or whenever I, I've, I've been going through a difficult time, this line, I, 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 I've been saying those verses over and over again. My happiness lies in you alone. My happiness lies in you alone. Do I believe that? I want to believe that. I have, yes, the desire to also be healthy. I would like that if that's okay. Um, I like having, I like working here in the Holy Family. If the Lord were to move me on, well, I guess I'd, I'd go. Um, I like uh, the company of friends and family. In time, who knows what will happen. Uh, can I say that the Lord is enough for me? You know when you're in love and you're at that stage, that gooey stage, which hopefully lasts a long time, that kind of teenage, well, maybe let's not call it teenage because then that sounds cheap, uh, but that, that, that stage of love where you just want to sit there and stare into the other person's eyes and you just want to hold their clammy hand for ages and ages and ages and you know, you're trying to do things with one hand because you're you know, trying to feed, eat a burger with one hand because you're still so busy holding hands. And that, 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 that awkward stage, that lovely stage um, of, of love. And, uh, and in your heart of hearts, it's the weirdest thing. In your heart of hearts, you're able to really believe, I would do anything for this person. Anything. I would give anything. I would jump in front of a bus to save her. I would, I would do everything and anything. It's amazing the, the power of, of that kind of, see, it's more than emotion, that kind of interior like, decision, uh, disposition, that readiness to die, give your life for love of someone. And when we find ourselves, when you find, God willing, when you find yourselves before the altar someday with, with a fiancé or let's say the male, whatever the male of a fiancé is, fiancé, the same uh, beside you in front of the altar and you're willing to say I will love this person until death separates us so implicitly in that action like, it's like the other person is asking am I enough for you as in am I sufficient for you that you would not desire anybody else that you would not need any other husband or any other wife that you would remain faithful to me am I enough for you and even if someone were to ask you if your beloved were to ask you that I think you'd almost be you'd almost be, be hurt by the question you know if, if, if uh, your future husband were to say to you am I enough for you you're like, of course you're enough for me Jeannie don't, don't doubt that of course you're enough for me I mean I've married you of course you're enough Gee, don't, don't, never, never doubt that. I mean, I would never want you thinking, go, wake up in the morning and go, oh, I wonder will they love me today? No, 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 don't worry, don't worry, I'm here. Here for life, okay? All good. You'd almost be hurt by the question. So when the Lord says to us in, in such humility, bless us, am I enough for you? Am I enough for you?
It's a question that he asks, I think, implicitly, each one of us. I think it's, that's what maybe what even this life is about, us choosing him for all eternity. Us choosing that God is actually, I mean, who am I to say it like, that God is enough for me. But that's where, I guess, if we're not there yet, or maybe, maybe kind of, as I say, honestly, if, if we know we're not quite there yet, then let's at least say to the Lord, Lord, I want you to be. I want you to be enough for me. St. Mark, who never met the Lord, went on St. Paul's first missionary trip and died by being dragged through the streets. Never met the Lord, but died a martyr, gave his life for him. And his relics are now in, in Venice, in the Domo di San Marco, the Dome of St. Mark. Um, and I found that, I find that so beautiful because that's maybe a little closer to our experience. We've never met the Lord face to face. Not pre-ascension. Neither did the, Saint, neither did the evangelist St. Mark, but he gave his life for him. He knew him so well, but never met him. Lord, may we today deepen and grow in our faith that even having not seen him we can still give so much to him and for him for blessed are we who have not seen and yet believe